Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater.
All right, guys. So let's talk about last week's series as we go over uh, and kind of break down the week that was in Yankee Land. We started off the uh, last week with the uh, doubleheader against the Braves, coming off that long layoff. Um, game one, the Yankees had nothing virtually offensively against this kid. Uh, making his major league debut against us. And traditionally, I mean, we've had problems in the past with guys we've never faced before. Um, so I guess it's really not shocking or surprising that we had problems with this guy. Um, Garrett Cole, and you're going to hear this uh, and you know, towards the end of the week as we recap the end of the week too, continues to give up bombs, continues to give up big home runs. Um, they dropped the first game in Atlanta here, and I mean, it was really, it wasn't... Uh, any particular reason outside of we got outpitched, Cole, and he got outpitched. Uh, Atlanta's a really good young team. They're going to be good for a long time. Uh, they remind me a lot of the Blue Jays. Um, a lot of good young offensive players, um, some good arms, um, and they're probably a starter or two away from being a super team. They're really, really talented, and they're going to be good for a really long time. Um, game two, uh, the Yanks able to scratch across a run by Tyler Wade with a sacrifice fly. Uh, Eric Kratz, who, if you listen to the beginning of the show, uh, handled himself fantastically. He's been been solid with some really big hits. Um, you know, he and it's the same day that the Yankees go out and make a deal for another backup catcher from San Francisco. Um, Kratz, is, Kratz has played well. He's done everything you'd want from somebody, a veteran guy, to come up and do. Um this game really boils down to the Yanks had it won. They had the lead. Um, Chad Green comes up, gives up bombs, um, gives up the lead. Uh, and the Yankees can't get it back, and they lose. I mean, this one literally was on Chad Green, unfortunately. Came in, gave up uh, gave up the lead, and that was it. It was a close game until then. Um, you know, the Yanks lose the game two. The biggest news from this story was it was Aaron Judge's return and Aaron Judge's departure as he gets taken out. Uh of the game with an apparent injury. It turns out, yes, he did have another injury. Um, worse than the first injury, apparently, or he re-aggravated the injury that he had together uh, in the first place. And everything that we're hearing reports-wise is it's going to be double the recovery time or rehab time from the last one. They're still saying that we could see him in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it is what it is. Um, just, you know, again, Atlanta's a real good team. Uh, we're not a good team right now. The players that we're putting out there on the field are not very talented, um, at least not Yankee talent that we're considering, and uh, they just outplayed us. And it boiled down to Chad Green giving up a bomb and, and giving up the lead, and that's it. You got beat by a better team that time, and, and that's it. And that was the two games in Atlanta. So a place traditionally the Yankees do very well. Um, we drop both games of a doubleheader, and it's on to the Subway Series um, against the Mets. I got to say here um, – <laughs> the first two games against the Mets, were, we easily, we played five games against the Mets. We easily could have went 5-0. and oh, We easily could have went 0-5. Oh That's how close the games were. Um, the Yanks scraped together four runs in some non-traditional ways, only for Chad Green to come in and give up not only the tie but the lead, and the Yanks dropped game one. Uh, so two games in a row that Chad Green really gives it up. Uh, I'm sorry to sound like I'm picking on one particular player, but it was that. What happened? Chad Green blew both of those games for us. Plain and simple. Nothing left to say. The Mets aren't a very good team. Uh, we should have won the game. It was very easy. Um, you know, there, there, there's there's no reason we shouldn't have won it. So, uh, game three was a very similar 
uh, situation, but an, an opposite result is Chapman comes in, hasn't been in a safe situation in weeks, had only played one game this season up until that point, and he comes in and he gives a, a, a bomb to, to give Yankees lose the game, and they lose their seventh straight. And uh, you hope that that was rock bottom at that point. They lose two games. They lose two to Atlanta. Come back and lose two to the Mets. Seven games total. And Chad Green giving up two games in a row. And your closer comes in and gives up the lead and the win. So it is what it is. We go to the game three. Um, the Yankees are looking to bounce back and hopefully um, get a win. Luke Voigt continues to, to bomb. I mean, he's been the only offensive weapon we've really had consistently from the beginning of the year. Um... Jay Happ, probably with his best start of the year. Um, and earlier in the week, there was controversy that Jay Happ was upset that the Yankees might be holding him back and holding his starts off so that uh, they don't have to pay an incentive bonus. Cashman kind of responded with, look, we're going to put the best players out there to give us a chance to win um, and essentially just pitch better. And he did. He responded for whatever whatever reason or however that worked. Happ looked great. He looked the best he's looked all year. Um, this game, no offense, uh, easily we could have lost two, and I'm sure you guys know how it ended. But um, it gets turned around with um, with a with a Yankee, an ex-Yankee, helping us out. A couple notes I want to acknowledge on this: um, DJ LeMahieu um, comes back off the injured list today and just hits. And this guy is amazing, and they call him the machine, and it's a legitimate comparison because the guy the guy has COVID, he comes back in. He hits. The guy goes on the IL. He comes back. He just hits. He, he wakes up out of his sleep. He just hits. The guy's incredible, and I cannot believe we have not re-signed this guy to a long-term deal. Um, I, everything I'm hearing is that he wants to be a Yankee, likes playing in New York. Let's hope so. Let's hope that's just not talk because this guy we need to lock up for as many years as possible. Um, the guy can play everywhere. The guy can do everything. He's an old-school throwback player, and I love him. So, um, Essentially, listen. Yanks on the verge of losing this game. Um, the Mets bring in who's their acting closer, an old Yankee, uh, Dylan Batances. He comes in and essentially throws one to the backstop with a man on third and costs the Mets the game. So a gift from the ex-Yankee gods as we get that win, which we had no business winning, um, and kind of gets gets our momentum going in the right direction for the doubleheader the following day. So that's the third game. We lost the first two, won the third. Now we go to game four and five in the doubleheaders, and we start two kids, Michael King in the first game and Debbie Garcia in the second game. King looked okay. Um, second time through the order, he started getting exposed a little bit. Um, the Yankees are down big, down by five runs, heading into the bottom of the um, heading into the seventh, which is the ninth for doubleheaders. Uh, the Yanks come roaring back to get five runs in the bottom of the seventh to tie the game and send it to extra innings. Gio Urshela with a big go-ahead winning single uh, to win the game in extra innings for the Yanks. So they get walk off uh, the day before with a wild pitch. They walk off this game with a single, uh, starting to build some momentum, momentum as they take two against the Mets. We go to game three, and the star of this game is Debbie Garcia. I mean, his Major League debut, he looked incredible. He looked outstanding through six. Very calm, very composed. You would not be able to tell that this guy was pitching in his first Major League game. Um, Luke Luke Voigt, um, as much as he's been offensively a weapon, really cost the Yanks in this game as he booted a ball off of his glove and into the outfield for a big double, which ended up coming around the score. Uh, we ended up going into extra innings of game that we probably should have put away if it wasn't for the error. Uh, the extra innings, uh, the Sanchino, Sanchez, 
hits a monster pinch hit grand slam to give the Yankees the win. Um, again, like I said in the top of this, the Yankees could have easily went 0-5 against the Mets. And that's hard to do because the Mets are not a very talented baseball team. Um, they're the Mets. Um, they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, like throw a ball to the backstop to lose games. Um, I will take the three out of five against the Mets because God knows we needed it, but we could have very easily been 5-0 and in those games. And had we had our regular roster in there, I think that would have happened. So we're going to cover the first game of the Rays series, even though I usually don't do that. I usually kind of wait until we get a series complete. But since I am recording this on Tuesday and Garrett Cole pitched again, um, we'll go bookend uh, the weekly recap with Cole and Cole. Uh, Cole, with his worst performance as a Yankee, I'd say last night, um, gave up some absolute bombs again. And uh, at you know recording time, he'd given up. He's in the league lead for home runs with 12 home runs. Um, so I don't know if he's not right or he's not warmed up yet. They kept talking about stats from last year where his ERA was even higher first half of the year than it is now but I don't necessarily know it's making me feel any better because he doesn't have a second half of the year I mean we're talking about maybe three more starts until the postseason for Cole so uh, if it's a matter of him getting warmed up and getting ready to go I need that to happen now because we don't have time to wait so um, this team's just not hitting they're just not hitting I mean besides DJ LeMahieu this team and Volu Voigt we have no real offensive threats right now. We really don't. We need to get some of these players back. Um, and I don't know what I expect from this from this team, currently consistent the way it is. Um, you know, so uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what goes on. I'm very disappointed that uh, Miguel Andujar has not played a bigger role. You know, I thought he'd get some opportunities, and he has. Uh, he just hasn't really seen to lock in and really take advantage of the at-bats that he's had. Maybe it's because he's not playing every day. Um, I really thought this would be a place for him to shine. And right now it's not the case with all the injuries, the fact that they keep sending him back down to the minors or whatever you want to call it, the, the scout team, uh, says a lot. It says that they basically don't have trust in him for whatever reason what he's doing right now. So... Uh, very disappointing. We dropped the first game to the Rays last night, 5-3. to three. Two more games. The last two games we'll have with the Rays all year. Um, and after that, the schedule does not get easier. We continue to not have any days off. We've still got, uh, I believe, 10 games with the Blue Jays left. So, uh, And they're, they're on fire, and they're the team right there with us. So uh, fighting for that second seed in the AL East. So uh, long story short, rough. another rough week for the Yanks. Uh, the, the Yanks B squad, we'll call it, or C squad, because it really is um, a minor league version of the New York Yankees that are out there right now. So um, hang in there, folks, and hopefully uh, next week's weekly results will have a little bit more optimism and uh, some more good news to talk about. All right, folks, it's mailbag time. So um, we're continuing to get majority of our questions in via email, which is fine. Uh, if you feel that you'd like to drop us a comment or a question or a concern or something you'd like to hear talk about on the show or just something you'd like to share, uh, it's highlanderspodcast at gmail.com, highlanderspodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can hit us on the social media as well, uh, Facebook and Instagram at highlanderspodcast and on the Twitter at highlanderspod. Um, today's question comes from George S. And George wants to know, um, 
Hey, wanted to know if you thought that Brian Cashman not making any moves during the trade deadline will affect the Yankees going down the home stretch. Um, George, thank you very much for your question. Um, I think it's pertinent, just seeing as how the trade deadline just passed yesterday. Um, and apparently the San Diego Padres made all the moves. Uh, I think they made 150 moves, or it seems like my phone was blowing up constantly with moves that they made. Um, a lot of the guys that we thought were going to move, moved. Um, none of them direct correlation to teams that are going to affect the Yankees, so that's a good thing. Um... I think Cashman's looking at it like this. He's looking to get Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge back, possibly Giancarlo Stanton back for the playoffs, and that's better than any acquisitions you could make. Um, the Yankees are going to make the playoffs regardless, um, without, a, I mean, a complete, absolute collapse. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to get those three guys back, and there's no three guys out there better, offensively at least, that you could get back. Uh, that are better than that and what would you have to give up to do that you've seen some of these young kids coming up the Michael Kings the Debbie Garcias uh, these are guys that they'd be and Clint Frazier who actually Clint Frazier who's played actually pretty well for us those are some of the names that you'd have to give up to get some of these guys for it essentially might be you know ultimately a rental um, in some of their cases but um, I'm actually okay with them not making any moves because there wasn't one move out there that I thought fixed us right away uh, there wasn't one pitcher that you were going to bring over that was going to turn turn the tides. And essentially, we're not playing for uh, a division title right now. We're playing just getting the playoffs and get healthy. And if we can get Stanton back and we can get Judge back and Glaber can come back and these guys are healthy, um, that's, that's the offensive team and the Yankee team that was first place for the first half of this year versus the team that we're putting out there right now. So it's now it's just a matter of holding our heads above water. Uh, you know, getting into the playoffs and hopefully getting these guys back and getting them some reps. The other thing that scares me is getting these guys back and rushing them right into the playoffs. I'd much rather get them back a little bit early, hopefully, you know, give them a week, give them some at-bats to get themselves warmed up and get going. I'd hate to have to throw them right into an alternate site playoff series against a good team, um, you know, and against good pitching. So uh, I think we finish up the year with the Marlins. Um, to me, that's a perfect series to get some of these guys back. If we can get them back by that series, you know, get them three days to get acclimated, get them playing, uh, get them used to facing uh, major league pitching again. Hopefully, it's enough time to get these guys ready. But to answer your question and reiterate, no, I'm, I'm not upset they didn't make any moves. I don't think it'll hurt the Yankees in the least. Sure, it'd be great to have an extra arm, um, an extra pitcher, uh, an extra bullpen person. But we just got Zach Britton back off the IL today. Um, was there anybody out there reliever-wise, maybe the kid in Milwaukee, better than Britain? But I don't know. I'll take Britain. Um, and starter-wise, I mean, yes, I guess it would be okay to get another starter, but that's not really our, our, our main problem right now. Our, our main problem is we're not scoring any runs because we don't have any position players. And in theory, we should get three of our starting nine back in time for the playoffs. And if that happens, I think we'll be okay and we won't look back at uh, regretting Cashman not making any trades. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's got a proven track record with me. Um, and if he says we're okay, I think we're okay You know, with the guys that we have down in the minors and the so small moves that he makes for the Gio Arachellas and the Luke Voice that you never see coming that uh, give me let me give him the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to say no. I think we'll be okay. Um, and uh, thanks for your question, guys. Again, uh, Highlanders Pod. At Twitter, at Highlanders Pod, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, the Highlanders Podcast, and Highlanders Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to drop us a line.
All right, guys, we wrap up uh, this week the Ricky Henderson edition of the Highlanders podcast. I've been trying to interject some more um, stories and, 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 and quick little Yankee tidbits from, you know, my experiences with the Yankees here at the end. Um, I told you the Paul O'Neill story during his episode. I do not have any Ricky Henderson stories because, unfortunately, I was too young outside of seeing him play live for the Yankees when I was a kid. Uh, no actual interactions, but um, I'll give you another interaction here. Um, one with my favorite player of all time, so if I haven't told you before, is Mariano Rivera. Um, and at the old Yankee Stadium, me and a, a buddy of mine who used to go to the games who was just as a, a lunatic fan as me. He was more a lunatic fan for baseball in general. But uh, we, we'd get to the games uh, sometimes two, three hours before the gates open. Um, this is the old Yankee Stadium. And uh, we'd go next door. We'd play catch in the field next door. And uh, the old Yankee Stadium, in case you're unaware, the players actually parked right on the side of the stadium in a fenced-in area. You know, it wasn't blocked off. You could clearly see the players come in and park. And they'd walk across to the press entrance um, right into the stadium, uh, very close to where the fans walked in. Um, and what we would do is, I mean, you would consider it stalking, I guess, but we'd sit there and wait for guys to show up. And, uh, you know, it'd be so early, be there so early that security wasn't necessarily set up yet. They'd have a few security people out there. But what we would do is strategically, we would wait for a certain player to park and Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera, whatever, Derek Jeter. And then we'd walk uh, towards the stadium, timing it so that as they're getting out of the car and they're walking and we kind of bump into each other. And, you know, bumped into, you know, got a chance to say hello to a lot of players, uh, a lot of star guys. Um, but this particular funny story was uh, Mariano Rivera got dropped off uh, by a car, uh, not a cab, but like a car service or something like that. So he wasn't parking got dropped off in the front of the stadium and started walking towards the press entrance. I see Mo and, you know, I get excited. Wow, there's Marianne. I'm going to walk. My buddy's at the other side of the stadium. Um, we were communicating via cell phone. Hey, so-and-so's parking on this side. So-and-so's parking on that side. Go ahead and start walking. I start walking and uh, Mariano makes eye contact with me. Now, I don't know if he thought I was just some lunatic fan, which essentially I guess I am. But I start walking towards... Uh, not Mariano, but towards the other side of the stadium because now I'm trying to pretend that I'm not going to approach these players. I, I'm kind of just arranging an accidental bump into these guys as they walk past me. So I'm trying to time it so we walk and get to the same spot at the same time. He does not take his eyes off of me the entire time. So clearly he thinks I'm a lunatic. We continue to walk to get closer to get closer to closer. And I swear to God, Mo th I, I, in my mind, Mo thinks I'm going to attack him or something like that. He's very nervous, very apprehensive, and he stops about two feet from me and just stares at me as I walk. I stop when I get to him and say, hey, Mo, what's up? <laughs> he says, hey, and we both stare at each other for a minute. And I just keep walking because at that point, I don't know what to do. I don't want to disturb him. I'm not an autograph guy. Uh, my buddy was. Um, I, I, I would appreciate an autograph, but I was always very nervous to ask. I never wanted to impose on players and ask them for autographs and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think I kind of freaked out Mariano Rivera. Um, got a chance to say hi to him, you know, and, uh, and, you know, up close and personal. I've, you know, seen him obviously pretty close for a lot of his career, but uh, to walk right by him and say hey and get a chance to talk to him was a pretty cool thing. Very unimposing guy, not a flashy guy. You know, he look, if you didn't know who he was, he, he just looked like a regular a regular Joe, not knowing he's the greatest closer of all time. Um, very inconspicuous, not flashy at all. Uh, and again, my favorite ball player of all times. Uh, 
the greatest entrance as far as I'm concerned in baseball with the Metallica Enter Sandman. Just just awesome. And if you ever had a chance to be in that old stadium at a big game, you know, when those doors opened and that Enter Sandman came on, I mean, that place would rock. That place would literally shake. Uh, I'd be in the upper decks at some games, um, and you would literally, you can see the upper deck swaying at the old stadium. So, um, and if you ever want to have a, some feel-good moments, YouTube his last year uh, in baseball. YouTube the All-Star Game uh, at Shea Stadium, or I guess City Field it was, um, for his last All-Star Game when they actually played the Enter Sandman for him and the entire dugout's emptied on both sides to give him a standing ovation. Then the ultimate feel-good moment, uh, YouTube his last ever game at Yankee Stadium when uh, they send uh, Andy Pettit and Derek Jeter to go pull him out. And uh, once he realizes what's going on, just breaks down in tears right there on the mound. And, uh, I mean, it gets me every time I watch it still. So, um, uh, you know, I might even put that link here or a link on the YouTube page for it. So if you want to go and check that out. But just awesome. Mo is incredible. And uh, just one of my uh, player interactions. I'm going to start trying to add these little player interactions when I had a chance to meet some guys. Uh, next week, I think we'll do the um, Derek Jeter story. I promise you guys, uh, this one is interesting. Um, and I seem to have a knack for um, pissing off or scaring um, a lot of my idols and guys that I like to meet unintentionally. I want to put that out there. I didn't do this intentionally. I didn't mean to scare Mo. So if Mo does ever listen to this or Mr. Rivera ever does listen to this, I feel like I shouldn't be calling him Mo. I don't know him like that. Um, it was not intentional. I wasn't trying to scare you. I wasn't going to do anything to you. Literally just wanted to say, hey, and you know, I thank you for, for all that you did. Uh, but the Derek Jeter story next week, uh, at the end of the episode, you'll have to listen to the episode. I will, I will fill you into the time where I literally... Um, could have gotten Derek Jeter actually hurt. So a real uh, live um, other guys, if you ever saw that Will Ferrell movie uh, where, where Derek Jeter gets shot. Not quite that bad, but uh, you know I clearly was the heel that day, and we'll get into it next week. But until then, guys, here's to uh, some positive thoughts and hoping the Yankees can have a better week than the last two weeks. Hopefully they get through it injury-free, and hopefully when we talk next week, we have better results to discuss. Go Yanks. Fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs>